Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 232 of the podcast. It's the 30th of June, 2020, as I record this intro. Now, a couple of months ago on the podcast, I shared the audiobook edition of my book, Free to Learn. I received a lot of great feedback and appreciation about doing that, so I've decided to do it again, this time with my book, The Unschooling Journey, A Field Guide. Published in 2018, here's a bit of the description. Inspired by Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey framework, The Unschooling Journey is a weave of myths, contemporary stories, and tales from Pam's journey. It's not a how-to book. No two paths through the world of unschooling have the same twists and turns. Yet, having a general sense of where you are on your journey can bring valuable insight as you navigate the challenges that will inevitably appear. She shares this book as a field guide to the stages and characters you are likely to encounter in some form on your unschooling journey. Characters such as the heralds and guides who call us forward and help us choose our next step. The tricksters and monsters who are determined to confuse and scare us at every turn. And the gods and goddesses who will shake us to the core and inspire our inner journey until, at last, we capture the holy grail of our quest, unschooling with confidence and grace. I am really excited to share these ideas with you. Now, this is a longer book, so I've broken it into six parts to create manageable episode lengths for the podcast. And I think it could be fun to discuss the book as we work our way through it. So please feel welcome to share your thoughts and experiences in the episode comments. That said, for listeners who prefer interview-style episodes, I don't want to leave you feeling neglected, so I've curated a wonderful collection of amazing backlist episodes for you to listen to. You'll find the links to the episodes in the show notes each week, or just search your favorite podcast app. So this week, I've selected episode 90, Growing Up Unschooling with Phoebe Wall, which was first released in September 2017. Phoebe is an artist whose beautiful work focuses on the themes of comfort, nostalgia, and intimacy. She left school entirely after first grade and dove into unschooling. Eventually, she chose to go to college, graduating from Rhode Island School of Design in 2013 with a BFA in illustration. We have a lot of fun talking about her passion for drawing, the idea of knowledge gaps, what she found valuable in her college experience, how unschooling has influenced her art, and lots more. As a personal update, the Global Homeschooling Summit 2020 is a free online event that runs June 29th to July 8th, and I recently recorded an interview session for the event, which is being released on Friday, July 3rd, so tomorrow, as this episode goes out. My session is titled, The Value of Strong and Connected Parent-Child Relationships When It Comes to Learning. I really enjoyed speaking with Liz Quain, and I'll put links to it in the show notes if you'd like to check it out. 
actually not only my session, but there are like 80 odd other sessions as well that are being released over the 10 days, including one of me interviewing Anna Brown about the importance of choice to unschooling. And before we go, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patron, Dahlia Riano. Hi, Dahlia. Thanks so much for your support. It means so much to me. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support not only lets me know that you enjoy the show and want it to continue, it allows me to spend time creating episodes each week and to keep the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's dive into part one of my book, The Unschooling Journey of Field Guide. The Unschooling Journey, A Field Guide, written and read by Pam Larickia, illustrated by Hema Bardwatch. Introduction, The Hero's Journey. I am thrilled you've chosen to join me in exploring the landmarks and features of the journey to unschooling. Our path may be fraught with perilous clifftop trails and fast-flowing waters, but we will also find safe harbors where we can rest and lush lowlands where we'll find nourishing foods to replenish our strength. Yet, for all its wildness and surprises, we are not the first to venture on this kind of epic journey into a new world. Human history is an intricate patchwork of heroic stories. European fairy tales of princesses and witches. Ancient Greek myths featuring Zeus and Heracles. Stories from religious traditions such as those of Muhammad, Jesus, and Gautama Buddha. The rituals and tales from indigenous communities in the Americas, Australia, and Africa. And familiar modern epics such as George Lucas's Star Wars and J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter. These seemingly disparate stories have grown from the same roots. What it means to be a human being living fully in the world, growing older and wiser. Joseph Campbell, 1904 to 1987, an avid mythologist, spent years collecting and analyzing countless stories from around the world. The result was his influential book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, published in 1949. He discovered an underlying pattern at the heart of heroic stories from across all cultures and eras, and he called it the monomyth, the general sequence of events that outlines the hero's journey. The Unschooling Parent as Hero How does this sequence of events relate to the journey to unschooling that we are about to undertake? The monomyth of the hero describes an individual who somehow stumbles upon clues to a truth that lies outside of conventional belief and begins a quest, physical, spiritual, or both, to understand and eventually embody that truth as their new way of life. Sound familiar? Unschooling, which I broadly define as learning without a curriculum, lies unquestionably beyond today's conventional wisdom about learning, parenting, and childhood. And through our journey to understanding unschooling, 
we will learn and grow and change as we come to embrace this new lifestyle. Ours will be an inner or spiritual journey, but it will be no less powerful for it. By the end, we will see our ordinary world in a new and extraordinary way. I began unschooling my children back in 2002, and that's what happened to me. My family was firmly ensconced in the ordinary world of school. My children were in grades 4, 2, and junior kindergarten when I first discovered the world of unschooling and chose to answer the call. When my children first left school, I had no idea what was in store for me. I just thought my kids were going to learn outside the classroom, and that was the end of the story. I soon began participating in an online unschooling forum, then a couple of email lists, and then my learning began in earnest. I began questioning so many of my long-held assumptions about learning and parenting and children. No exaggeration, it was mind-blowing. And so began my inner journey. I was active in online communities as fit around our unschooling lives and began a website to share information. In 2004, I wrote my first published magazine article about our experience, and in 2006, I began hosting a local unschooling conference and ran it for six years. I then decided to take that time and put it toward writing a book about what I'd learned through 10 years of unschooling. I published Free to Learn in 2012. And I was still learning. I wrote on my blog, I wrote another book, Free to Live, and in 2014, I became a regular contributor to the Natural Parent magazine. Meanwhile, I was introduced to Joseph Campbell's work and began to notice many subtle, and some not-so-subtle, connections between his monomyth and my journey as an unschooling parent. My curiosity grew, and in 2015, I wrote a series of essays on my blog about my unschooling adventures through the lens of the hero's journey. Still, I couldn't shake my curiosity, and I dived into the idea of the hero's journey even more deeply, culminating in this book. And I'm still learning. The quest that someone chooses to undertake that inspires them to question the conventional beliefs they've been handed about what it means to be human can be almost anything. Brene Brown is on a quest to understand humanity through the lens of courage and vulnerability, Amanda Palmer through the lens of music and art, and even Joseph Campbell through the lens of stories. Our quest is unschooling. Two fundamental truths about unschooling. Let's start at the beginning. In our current culture, most people believe that learning of any like only happens in a classroom with a curriculum dispensed by teachers, and that children must be externally motivated to learn because it is hard work. Most of us grew up surrounded by these messages, and they become part of our belief system about children and learning. But you're here and ready to question these assumptions. Maybe your first fleeting glimpse of this other world, a world beyond schools, teachers, and curricula, came when you stumbled across a clue to one of these two fundamental truths about learning that lie at the root of unschooling. The first truth is that human beings are innately curious, natural learners. To paraphrase John Holt, an educator turned unschooling advocate, fish swim, birds fly, humans think and learn. It's what we do. Watch a young child in action. 
see their enthusiasm to try things before we start to pepper them with no and don't do that. When children are given the freedom to follow their intrinsic curiosity and explore the world around them with support from the adults in their lives, they learn. Full stop. The second truth is that learning is everywhere. When we're playing a game, when we're at the store, when we're having a conversation, when we're watching TV, when we're out for a walk, human beings are always absorbing information and weaving it into their understanding of the world, making it tighter and stronger. These truths about learning lie outside conventional beliefs, which are wrapped up in the ordinary world of schools and gold stars. Choosing to accept this quest to create a thriving, unschooling learning environment for your children is to embark on your own hero's journey to appreciate, understand, and in the end, integrate these unschooling truths that learning is everywhere and that humans are wired to learn into your lives. They will lead you not only to a new educational paradigm, but also to a new perspective on day-to-day living. The rewards on this journey are amazing. The Stages of the Unschooling Journey In this book, I'm going to walk with you through the stages of the unschooling journey, or the hero's journey as seen through the lens of unschooling. Campbell structured his monomyth in 17 stages, gathered into three distinct phases, departure, initiation, and return. As I dug deeper into the hero's journey from my unschooling perspective, I tweaked the stages to more directly reflect the landmarks and features common to the unschooling journey. Tweaking this mythic structure to the particulars of a specific journey is expected. That's why the hero has a thousand faces, after all. This table compares the stages and terminology we'll be using in this book with Campbell's original outline. Comparison of Journey Stages First, the hero with a thousand faces, then the unschooling journey. So the departure separation phase is choosing unschooling. The call to adventure stage is the call to unschooling. Refusal of the call is refusing the call. Supernatural aid is finding our guides. Crossing of the first threshold is crossing the threshold to unschooling. Belly of the whale is embracing beginner's mind. The next phase, descent, initiation, penetration, is de-schooling. Road of trial stage is challenging our beliefs about learning and shifting from control to connection. Meeting with the goddess is accepting the value of all experiences. Woman as temptress is accepting our nature. Atonement with the father is accepting others where they are. Apotheosis is cultivating kindness and compassion. The ultimate boon is unschooling with confidence and grace. The return phase is living unschooling. Refusal of the return stage, the magic flight and rescue from without, are all in the trek back. Crossing of the return threshold is the same, crossing the return threshold. Master of two worlds is being ourselves in the world. Freedom to live is the flow of our unschooling lives. In the first phase, as we embark on the unschooling journey, we are likely to encounter various characters along the way. Heralds that call us forward into this new world, 
guardians who believe they are protecting us by encouraging us to stay where we are, and guides who help us choose our next step. We'll grapple with our fears and uncertainty as we transition to a learning mindset, opening ourselves up in preparation for contemplating the many new ideas we will encounter on our journey. We will be challenging many of our conventional beliefs as we attempt to understand the nitty-gritty of how living and learning weave together. We'll reconsider the use of control as a parenting tool, and in doing so, discover hidden depths of understanding of both ourselves and others that we may have only dreamt possible. We will tackle judgment, shame, and human nature, and come to find deep compassion in this way of our days and with our children. Eventually, the ultimate goal of our quest is within our reach, unschooling with confidence and grace. The third and final phase, living unschooling, explores our trek back to the ordinary world. We don't return empty-handed, though. We bring our newfound wisdom with us, our elixir of life, as Campbell describes it. Even so, this phase has its challenges. Our initial reception may be bumpy, and we may put off reintegrating for a while. In time, though, as we continue to pass back and forth between the two worlds, the conventional world and the unschooling world, we begin to fully embrace our identity, our ability to be ourselves in both worlds. We learn ways to flow more easily between them, coming to see how our two worlds are in reality one, our world, this world. Of course, there are infinite variations on these stages, hence the incredible range and depth of the world's stories and the incredible variety among unschooling families. It will be helpful to remember that on our individual journeys, there will be some stages you find more challenging, while other families seem to breeze right through them. And conversely, there will be stages that you embrace quickly, but that other families struggle with. We all set out on our journey with our own unique set of experiences and assumptions that influence the questions we need to ask ourselves to unearth a bigger picture understanding of how humans learn, how we choose to relate to our children, and how to live curious and engaged lives in the world. All of which influences the twists and turns our individual paths will take. There's an ancient Indian parable that illustrates this point beautifully about the blind men and the elephant. A group of blind men try to learn what an elephant is like by touching one. Spread around the elephant, each of them touches a different part, a tusk, the tail, a leg, the trunk, an ear, and concludes from their singular experience what an elephant is like. It's like a spear. It's like a rope. It's like a pillar. They proceed to argue long and loud about who is right. We too may well begin our unschooling journey with certain beliefs and attitudes about learning and see things solely from our perspective. This parable reminds us that what we are sure we know might only be the equivalent of the elephant's tusk. So, rather than gripping our viewpoint ever more tightly, we can choose to loosen our hold and consider the more unconventional ideas that will show up on our journey. Those other parts, tail and ear and trunk, might turn out to be integral parts of a bigger and more complete picture of learning. A field guide for your journey.
Because each family's journey will be unique, I share this book as a field guide to the stages you are likely to encounter in some form on your unschooling journey. As I share snapshots from my experiences, know that they are not meant to be requisites. The stages of your journey may look similar or they may look vastly different. Again, a thousand faces. By getting a general sense of where we are in the monomyths cycle, we can use the patterns to help us discover roadblocks on our journey. If you're having trouble starting out, why might you be refusing the call? If your overbearing aunt is upset with your chosen unschooling path, does placing her in the role of threshold guardian help you to have more compassion for her? Does it loosen the grip of the power she is trying to wield over you? On the road of trials, which pieces of conventional wisdom about learning or parenting might represent your most fierce monsters? It's also helpful to note that while I will be talking about many of the fundamental principles of unschooling, this book is focused on the journey and is necessarily more intuitive. It is a weave of stories, examples, and guideposts that have less of an intellectual basis and more a feeling of being lived and experienced. Unschooling is a mindset that bubbles up from within as much as it is a set of ideas to be comprehended and applied, precisely because of how well it aligns with the experience of being human. Sometimes it has more of a sense of, you'll know it when you see it. My hope is that the unique approach of this book takes the conversation around unschooling in new directions, helping you to learn as you go. If you've yet to get a solid grounding in the basic ideas around unschooling, I think you'll find my books, What is Unschooling? and Free to Learn, Five Ideas for a Joyful Unschooling Life, helpful. You can find them and others on my website at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash books. And one last note. The self-awareness that arises as you read this book, thinking about the journey while on the journey, may present some challenges. When laid out before you, it may be tempting to view the journey as something to be conquered rather than explored and experienced. This perspective can bring out our competitive streak, challenging us to race through, checking off stage after stage. But to genuinely move beyond a stage, you need to not only understand it intellectually, but also experience it enough times in your lives that you deeply believe its truth. How many times is enough times? I can't tell you that. It is unique to you and your journey. Also, don't be upset if you find yourself pulled back a stage or two, questioning things again that you thought you'd figured out. That, too, is part of the journey, the cyclical nature of life. In The Hero with a Thousand Faces, Joseph Campbell writes, We have not even to risk the adventure alone, for the heroes of all time have gone before us. The labyrinth is thoroughly known. We have only to follow the thread of the hero path. And where we had thought to find an abomination, we shall find a god. Where we had thought to slay another, we shall slay ourselves. Where we had thought to travel outward, we shall come to the center of our own existence. Where we had thought we would be alone, we shall be with all the world. Welcome to the unschooling journey. You are not alone. Stage 1. The Call to Unschooling 
You are the hero of your story. Our journey begins in the ordinary world. What does that world look like to you? For many of us, our worldview includes a pretty conventional perspective on education and learning. It goes something like this. We know that learning is the result of teaching and that school is where the trained teachers are. Therefore, in order to learn, children need to go to school. This is the narrative that most of us grew up with, and it's so deeply rooted in our society that we haven't seriously questioned it. Even if our own school experience was negative, we've absorbed the message that that was our fault. The idea that school is the best vehicle for learning is treated as fact, even though our compulsory education system has only been around since the early 1900s. And then there's our current circumstances. Maybe our children are in school and we're dutifully keeping on top of their homework and test results, trying to help them fit into the system. Maybe they're not yet school age, but we're concerned with school readiness. We don't want them to be behind before they even start. Or maybe we're already homeschooling, yet still believing that the conventional model of teaching and curriculum is the only viable way for children to learn. We are implementing the system of school, but at home. Regardless, we're established in our ordinary world and reasonably comfortable with how things are. We know the rules and expectations, and for the most part, we're happy to go with the flow. But then something happens. Catching sight of Oz. Something gives us a glimpse of a new and previously unsuspected world, the world of unschooling. Maybe this first glimpse comes through the lens of school and learning, or parenting and relationships, or lifestyle and worldview. But the first pearl of conventional wisdom snags on the fabric of our reality, and things look different now. What had seemed acceptable before now seems a bit less tolerable. We find ourselves asking questions that we hadn't seriously considered. What knowledge is valuable to an individual person? Can children learn what they need to know outside of school? Can learning really be fun? Now we're curious. This is our call to unschooling. In story terms, this call is typically delivered by a herald. It may be a person or an event, even an ordinary event, something that has happened many times before, but this time it leads us somewhere new. Often, it's not even something from the new world beckoning us in, but something or someone in our ordinary world who inadvertently says or does something that sparks a new level of awareness in us. That's what happened in my case. The herald of my call to unschooling was the principal of the private school that my oldest son, Joseph, had been attending for a few months. We had a meeting to discuss how he was doing. I believe it was in January and armed with test results and some relevant articles from my education research to discuss, I was elated when the principal said, we'll have to look for his gifts. Finally, I thought, they're going to actually pay attention to him, to see him. But later that evening, the real meaning behind that remark dawned on me. This environment, while better than the public school he had left behind, didn't allow him to thrive either. If it did, they would have already seen the engaged and interested and interesting child that I saw regularly at home. 
In my research leading up to that meeting, I had come across an article that mentioned homeschooling. I had never heard of it before. But just a few weeks after that meeting and the epiphany it sparked, I discovered that homeschooling was legal in Canada, that there were people actually doing it in my province of Ontario, and all three of my children had left school. When the hero is ready, the herald appears. Campbell talks about the herald appearing when the hero is ready. The change that sparks the call happens within us. Even if we aren't consciously aware of it yet, we are ready for change and we begin to notice the signs around us. These signs are already there in our ordinary world. We are just now ready to see them. In fact, many of the stages on our journey will ask us to look more clearly beyond the conventional wisdom of our everyday world to see the clues that are already part of our lives, waiting for us to notice them. These signs may include a growing discomfort with the institutional approach of the education system, or recognizing that our child's needs are not being met in the classroom. Or maybe we hear about homeschooling or unschooling in a passing conversation and become fascinated with the idea. And then the herald appears, often seemingly out of the blue. That person or event jostles the questions that have been bubbling beneath the surface, dislodging them, allowing them to rise to our consciousness. Now what? Are we going to acknowledge the questions and take the journey? It may seem that our journey begins almost by accident, like the princess dropping her golden ball and it rolling into the water in the story of the Frog Prince. If we aren't ready to undertake the journey, these moments pass by almost unnoticed. The princess might have run home to get another ball, rather than being by the water when the frog appeared. As for me, I could have chosen to wait a few months, hoping things would improve for Joseph, and scheduled yet another meeting with the principal. And Theseus may have just accepted his father's burden to send seven youths and seven maidens to be sacrificed to the Minotaur every seven years, as imposed by King Midas. This was his ordinary world. Instead, he volunteered to be one of the tributes and vowed to slay the Minotaur, or die trying. Theseus, though he did not know what he would find in the extraordinary world of the labyrinth, saw the call for tributes as his call to adventure. As things worked out, Ariadne, Minos's daughter, gave him a sword with which to battle the Minotaur and a clue, a ball of thread, with which to find his way out of the labyrinth. But he knew none of this when he first chose to answer the call. Neither do we know much detail about what our unschooling world will look like. Yet, like Theseus, we get to choose our actions in response to the things we see around us, which means we need to be paying attention. These signs are not typically blinding, so are often not immediately understood. We might hear of the strong and connected relationships that experienced unschoolers have with their children, and that seems impossibly delightful. We hear stories of the things they do or don't do, and it seems almost unimaginable. But as we ponder them, as I did the real message behind the principal's remark, our curiosity about the strange new unschooling world grows stronger. Often, at the same time, the ordinary world around us begins to feel strangely muted and a bit uncomfortable. This call to unschooling signals a shift deep in our core, 
a chance to meet something other, something bigger. Are you ready to answer? Stage two, refusing the call. It's your choice. As much as we wish for smooth transitions in our lives, choosing to answer the call to unschooling isn't a simple question of yes or no and moving forward. As we begin to learn more about unschooling, life can sometimes feel like a seesaw. One day we're up, excited, and imagining the possibilities. The next day we're down, and fear looms large. We're stepping so blatantly outside the conventional education system. We waver. We wonder. Will it really work out? If it's so wonderful, why isn't everybody doing it? It's daunting. Campbell describes this internal struggle as the choice between the comfort of the ordinary world and the imagined rewards beckoning from the uncharted one. It can be so tempting to stay wrapped in the warm blanket of our familiar lives, on our well-marked path. Change means opening ourselves up to the fear of not knowing what's ahead. What dangers lurk there? Will these changes really be for the better? These are good questions. Don't try to ignore them by turning up the excitement volume to drown them out. By exploring these kinds of questions as they arise, we discover the clear purpose and deep resolve that will help us on our journey. We need to explore our motivations and find our courage so that we can continue to move forward alongside our fear. When you're feeling frazzled by the enormity of the journey you're considering, be careful not to berate yourself. Breathe. Take stock. The vast majority of questions spinning in your mind don't need to be answered in this moment. In fact, they can't be answered in this moment. It's a journey. Find a spot of joy. Even better, find that joy with your children. Take in this moment just as it is. Play. Start fresh. Again. Refusing the call is a valid choice. Refusing the call is a valid choice. There have been times when I discovered something new, enthusiastically dived in to learn more, then eventually decided it wasn't for me. This is me and vegetable gardening. I love the idea of growing some food in abundance and preserving what we don't eat for the fall and winter and have been inspired a couple of times to give it a go. A few years ago, I even dug out a garden and planted for a couple of summers. I saw what other veggie gardens looked like, so I planted in rows for easier access, walked between the rows to discourage weeds, and one year I even managed to stake a few tomatoes. But I soon discovered that I didn't have the drive to make the time to weed effectively, to learn more about how to care for the plants, or to preserve the bounty beyond what we ate. Instead, I gave some produce away to visitors who happened to show up at opportune times and rationalized that the rest made great compost for the next year's garden. After a couple of seasons, I let the garden grow over. Just keeping the plot was work I struggled to find time for. I heard the call and explored a bit, but found I didn't have the drive to follow through. I could have continued to plant stuff, leaving them to sink or swim, and called it gardening, but I realized that left me frustrated and disappointed in myself. Why set myself up for that? Do the work or don't do the work. In the middle lies chaos, the seeming randomness of things gone awry more often than they needed. 
because I didn't know better. That frustration and disappointment over and over. It can happen with unschooling too. But let's face it, I can toss veggies in the compost and start over again. But we can't, or really, really shouldn't, keep going back to square one with children. Don't refuse to do the work. Over the years, I've seen parents who answer the call to unschooling, yet don't follow that up with in-depth learning about how and why it works. They are looking for the reward at the end of the journey, the loving and connected unschooling family lifestyle they've read or heard about, without investing the time and effort required to truly get there, without doing the work. They're looking for someone else to have done the work, an expert, who will turn around and give them the answers. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And that's understandable when we're first starting out. That's what learning looked like to most of us growing up. In school, the teacher was the expert and they had all the answers. We were expected to get the answers from the teacher or the textbook. That's how we were supposed to win the school game. How could the unschool game be any different in the grand scheme of things? It's just a different set of rules, right? A different way of learning, a different path to the same result, a competent adult. So sometimes parents new to the idea of unschooling take the day-to-day actions of experienced unschooling parents and interpret them as a set of unschooling rules to follow. No curriculum? Check. No rules? Check. Say yes? Check. Great. I can do this. But real learning doesn't work this way. And neither does unschooling. As we touched on in the introduction, and as we'll see throughout this book, solid learning, learning that is understood and remembered, happens when we follow our curiosity, not someone else's rules. For our children and for ourselves. For us to really begin to understand unschooling, we need to follow our curiosity and ask our own questions. And setting ourselves up to do just that is the goal of the choosing unschooling phase of the journey. Let's go back to the vegetable gardening analogy for a moment. Remember the chaos in the middle of trying to garden? I chose to move forward with the garden and made it look like a garden by following the rules I had seen around me, but I didn't follow through and learn any more. At the beginning of the growing season, it looked pretty damn good. Nice rows of plants, the odd weed, only a half inch tall, but a couple of months in and the garden was chaos. Rows barely distinguishable. Weeds competing full throttle with vegetable plants. Tomato plants bent over, brushing the ground. Monster zucchinis lurking under it all, growing wildly out of sight. For parents who choose unschooling but don't dig beyond the rules, things can play out similarly. Their lives might look like unschooling for a while, but eventually they spin into chaos because they aren't building that long-term foundational layer of strong, connected, and trusting relationships that informs those seemingly relaxed unschooling choices and actions. No rules does not mean crazy free-for-all. This too is a kind of refusal to take the journey, or more precisely, it's like starting out on your journey, but then camping out at the first level spot you see and deciding to stay there. It might be nice for a while, but soon the animals will figure out where you store your food. A lot of time and effort has gone into an experienced, unschooling parent's ability to make their days look relatively easy. 
or at least easy enough that others think all they need to do is imitate their actions and they're finished. They're unschooling. If you're going to start, take the whole journey so that you too can make your days look easy. Though by that time, you will understand and deeply appreciate the time and effort that has been invested in getting there. Answering the Call to Unschooling It's your choice whether or not to answer the call. Contemplating refusing the call shows that we are starting to understand the commitment involved in choosing to undertake the journey. Remember, refusing the call may just be part of your overall journey, if you choose to return to it. In Star Wars A New Hope, Luke Skywalker refused the call at first, citing his obligation to help his aunt and uncle, even though he dreamt of leaving. It wasn't until his aunt and uncle were killed that he answered the call to adventure. Odysseus, happy in his ordinary world with his wife Penelope and young son Telemachus, first refused the call to fulfill his pledge and recover Helen, who had been taken to Troy. He even pretended to be mad, sowing salt in his field. To test Odysseus, Palamedes placed Telemachus in front of Odysseus's plow. Odysseus stopped and picked up his son, thus proving he wasn't mad, after which he could no longer refuse. He joined Menelaus's contingent and launched the Trojan War. The meeting that January to discuss my son wasn't my first meeting with the principal, but it was my last. And I may yet choose to commit to the time and effort of learning about and creating an awesome vegetable garden. Sometimes we need more time to prepare ourselves. But don't dilly-dally. With unschooling, we don't get to start fresh every spring. If you want to develop a thriving unschooling environment for your family, be sure to take the journey. If you want to develop a thriving unschooling environment for your family, be sure to take the journey. Don't look for a shortcut. Engage with your questions as they arise, rather than pushing them away because they don't fit a preconceived idea you have about unschooling. This doesn't mean you need to understand everything about unschooling before getting started. It does mean that choosing unschooling with your family is the beginning of the journey, not the end. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the wonderful archive of earlier podcast episodes. The conversations never go out of date. And you can find more information about my books, my Patreon community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit at my website, livingjoyfully.ca. Have a great day.